Hey, hoop ballers, are you into sports betting? Do you want to know why a certain game has a funky line? Well, HoopBall has you covered. Today in sports betting is a great addition to all your handicapping questions with hosts Ira Silver and Devin Ellington. We break down game lines and future bets on all sports and try to make some money along the way. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallGaming, at Ira Silver Magic, and at D-A-L-E-007. And download Today in Sports Betting in the App Store, Google Play, and available on Spotify. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What is going on, Hoop Ballers? Hello, this is Mike, and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. Joined by my wonderful friend Santino Cocone to break down this September 2nd slate. Uh, it is a wonderful Wednesday, but Santino, how are you doing, my good friend? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, we have two Game 7s out west, and the best best two words in sports, so I'm super excited. Now we got one tonight as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think that we're, we're all pretty pumped up that you know OKC was able to come out and take that game to Game 7. It's just... A little Chris Paul revenge. Did you hear? I don't know if you heard. Did you hear that little slight jab he took at Harden in the the post game press conference last game? Yeah, I was listening to it. Uh, a lot of it, I mean, some of it was jabs. Most of it was uh, talking about how good his team was, and a lot of a lot of compliments to Dennis Schroeder out there. Hey, and it's it's good to hear that from Chris Paul because sometimes he gets like a, a negative, you know, narrative. I guess of being like not a bad teammate, but. Uh, being a little bit tough and being hard to get along with. And uh, he kind of has that stereotype where uh, people say superstars can't really play that well alongside of him, as good as he is and as good as making his teammates. But uh, it's always nice to hear, especially when you're talking about, you know, a team that some thought he wasn't even going to be playing for for the entire season. Yeah, uh, (laughs) they thought they were going to be trading him a lot. So it's nice to hear that. Uh, Nice to see that this team is as good as they look. Yeah, and then we uh, and then talking about uh, you know that last game for Milwaukee and Miami, a uh, little bit of a uh, underwhelming performance from the Bucks. They kind of came out and they looked a little bit flat uh, without Eric Bledsoe. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about both these teams anyway. So we'll jump right. <coughs> excuse me. We'll jump right into this. Uh, first game of the night is Miami versus Milwaukee. Uh, right now, this game total is coming in at a wonderful two twenty one and a half. Milwaukee being favored by five points. And the only thing that we need to keep an eye on as far as the injury report is on the Bucks side of the ball. Eric Bledsoe is being considered questionable. Uh, he did get uh, a slight practice in. It wasn't a full practice uh, that it was today, uh, being on, we're recording this the night before on Tuesday. Uh, so we're going to have to kind of monitor that in the news. Um, I'm kind of in the camp of thinking that he won't play again, but uh, I'll pass it over to you and let you give me your thoughts. Um, I'm sorry. Well, you don't think Bledsoe is going to play? No, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm kind of in the camp of thinking Bledsoe is not really playing after, uh, you know, you're talking about a muscle injury and to be frank, he was, he's being, he's been limited all, all playoffs. So, um, I was actually, I think when I was doing the show with Brenton on Sunday night, I asked him if he saw anything. So I'll ask you because just him being limited all playoffs and then now actually sitting out, has this been something you think he's been dealing with? Or is this kind of, uh, did you see it happen? I, I didn't see the game prior uh, to see if it happened mid-game. 
Um, no, I didn't see anything really stick out to where it got or he was hurt. Uh, I he was probably most likely been dealing with this the entire playoffs because he he did miss some time and then he came back. But I would say I would have him uh, closer, less doubtful than you have him, just because it is game two. They're down one nothing already. Uh, if he can give it a go, I think he's going to give it a go and and get twenty hit under thirty minutes as he's usually been getting. Um, either way, I'm not looking at him for DFS. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. Regard it's it's only thing that's going to impact is the value that we're going to have available on Milwaukee, uh, and whether or not you know. Obviously, with Bledsoe out, Middleton and Giannis get a boost. So, I mean, we're, we've already breaking down this Bucks team. So, uh, I know you're not on Bledsoe. Uh, and that brings us right to what I just said. Middleton and Giannis. If Bledsoe sits, uh, which one of these guys do you for, prefer to you know, play? I mean, big price discrepancy between them. But they pretty much had very similar games in that last one. Yeah. Uh, two similar games or similar games for each. I'm more on in the camp of taking the discount and going with Middleton. His shot's starting to fall again. I know Giannis is going to bounce back. He's not going to. Uh, he's going to put up a lot more points. But in that price range, there, um, leaning towards someone else up there. Um, but I like Middleton for this price. I think his 40 points is going to come easy for him. He doesn't have the entire uh, <clears throat> as hard of a defensive assignment. Um, but and you get that. You get a lot of money extra to play with on a pretty stacked slate. I know it's only two games, but. Uh, you got to pay up for some of these guys, and I'm, I'd rather take the little bit of discount and save there. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, 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 love, I love both these guys. So Giannis, it's like a tale of two takes for me right now because I see something I like and I see something I don't like. Uh, Bam's done a great job on Giannis all season long, and pretty much uh, up until this game, he held him to an average of about 55 DK points throughout several matchups. So it, it's a tough matchup for Giannis. Bam's probably one of the better players in the NBA that just – size-wise and stylistically, like, matches up with them. Uh, but then I also see that they're finally playing him decent minutes. And, I, and decent, I mean, uh, Giannis, up until this point, has yet to play more than 34 minutes, and he played 37 in that opening game against Miami. So, you know, talk about a guy that averages about you know, 1.5 DK points per minute and just giving him an extra four or five minutes on the floor, uh, it, it makes a difference to me. So, um I do have interest. I'm not going to, you know, completely, completely fade. But I'm probably going to, if Bledsoe's out, I'm going to have one of these guys in just about every single lineup. And uh, I'll be mixing the match with the other top guy up there being Harden. Yeah, uh, I like that. I mean, you can't completely fade Giannis if you're doing multiple lineups. Uh, but for one, I'd, I would lean towards Harden just because of the way. We'll get into it after of why. Yeah, no worries. And uh, as far as Brooke Lopez, he came out and just shot the lights out of the gym. Uh, it was a, it was a mismatch that, you know, I it, it kind of took me by surprise. I really expected them to play Kelly Olynyk some some decent minutes uh, just because of that matchup, Bam being on Giannis, somebody matching up against Brooke. But it looks like, you know, the Heat just kept rolling out Crowder. Uh, so, you know, 27 minutes, he shot 8 of 10, 4 from 6 from deep for 32 DK points. At 5,500, is he still in your player pool? Um. Yeah, because there. I mean, you only have four four opportunities to get a center. I do like the center on the other side of this ball here. Um, but at some point, with Jameson Crowder on you, we're going to have to see Brooke Lopez do what he used to do and get some damn rebounds at some point. Uh, so I'm hoping, uh, I don't think he's going to shoot 8 of 10 from the field again, but I'm hoping to see more than one rebound. Uh, like He's the biggest guy on the court. He's seven feet. I know it's not his, hasn't been his game for three, four years. But for one game when you're down 1-0 and you have the massive size advantage, 
you should at least get six rebounds. Yeah, and just, it's like one of those line, uh, one of those lines where it's like, what could have been if this guy just had like <laughs> six rebounds? And uh, but nonetheless, it was a fantastic line. Uh, yeah, I, I still like him. Uh, kind of prefer the center in the next game. I think a little bit more for a very similar price tag. Uh, you talked about the guy on the other side of the ball who we'll get to, but uh, you know, with little center options, I, I mean, it's not saying much. He's probably my third ranked center out of like what four. So <laughs> yeah, uh, he's just not many to choose from. Yeah, and then I, I guess the the only other plays that we'd probably be looking at over here would be the value, um, as if Bledsoe were to sit out. Uh, we saw George Hill get inserted in the starting lineup. Another thing that caught me off guard, just because they haven't done that all season, uh, they've normally inserted Dante DiVincenzo, keep George Hill with that second unit, but um, they brought him into the starting lineup, and they basically just started funneling minutes like Pat Connaughton, uh, <laughs> which is you know a little bit surprising. Um, I, I necessarily didn't see that coming. Uh but now we kind of know the situation, I guess. And, you know, Budenholzer, he might switch things up knowing that they lost. Uh, he might just roll the same thing out there. But uh, who are you looking to take advantage of for value with Bledsoe out? I mean, if you look at the rotations in the bubble, they haven't played DiVincenzo at all. He, he, I don't think he's played 20 minutes. <clears throat> or he might have played 20 minutes one or two times in this entire bubble. Um, but Pat Connington, since he's come back, he's been a constant in this rotation. Over 20 minutes, pretty much the entire bubble, uh, especially in that first round. So he is part of this rotation since he came back. <clears throat> so uh, he's a guy to kind of look at. But I guess uh, if I'm going to go for value, it's it's George Hill. Uh, he played 36 minutes without blood. So I know he only he took five shots only. He only had less than 14 fantasy points. Uh, but at 4,300, if you're going to play minutes in the 30s like that, there's not much... Uh, not many people you can say that for, so I'm definitely going to give him a look. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. <laughs> I hope people just check that box score and see the bad game. Uh, minutes equal money, and you're not going to find somebody at 4,300 that's playing that many minutes. That you know, and this you got to keep in mind the Bucks do play at one of the fastest paces too. It's a little bit of a down pace against Miami, uh, but there's going to be plenty of shot attempts still in this game. So I'm with you. I think George Hill. Um, if you happen to need Connaughton at 37. Not a bad option to go to. Probably still prefer him yeah. over Wesley Matthews. Matthews has been starting for <clears> you know who knows how long quietly. Uh, I always for you know I, until I'm actually watching the game, I always forget that Wesley Matthews is even on this team sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, him and I guess Marvin Williams, but two people I'm not looking at. But if you love your lineup and you're stuck under 4K, they're getting minutes in the 20s right now, uh, and you really can't. It's hard to find people under 4K that are getting minutes in the 20s. I would go Connaughton, but uh, that's just on like dire circumstances. Yeah. And uh, we'll slide over to the Miami side of things. Uh, Butler came out, was the hero. Bam was actually struggling for most of the game, uh, but then really turned it on, you know, midway through the third and the fourth quarter. So uh, between Butler and Bam, very similarly priced guys, 7,900 and 8,300. Do you prefer one over the other? Uh, playoff Jimmy has been money lately this this series i mean not the series this bubble or this playoffs but uh for me i'm gonna go bam bam um the adebayo sauce because i mentioned it earlier you only have four options here uh if with four teams there's not many options at center p i'm not gonna play bj tucker uh i don't mind jeff green i don't really like the, the difference between adebayo and sam uh Sammy Adams or Brooke Lopez, or if I said Sammy Adams like the bear, uh, Stephen Adams or Brooke Lopez or anybody is a lot bigger to me than the difference between 
a Middleton or a Gallinari or a Covington. So the options at small forward or shooting guard where you can still get Schroeder or Shy or even Hero, someone of this nature, is just a bigger gap to me to where I like Bam. And I think they're going to put up similar production and, and the the difference in, in where they play in the position is just massive for me. Yeah, and that's the number thing. On a two-game slate, position scarcity is extremely important. And, uh, you know, we, we we're talking DraftKings pricing most of the times, but especially, you know, it's always worth mentioning some things on FanDuel. And, you know, Bam being power forward eligible over there just makes him seem like a near lock every single night on these two-game slates where, you know, we struggle to find halfway decent power forward options. But um, I don't mind looking at either one of these guys. I think, you know, it's going to basically come down to build. If, if you're spending up on, you know, Giannis or Harden, uh, and you still want to get some of those OKC guards. And, you know, all of a sudden it gets a little harder to, uh, you know, spend up at, at Bam or Butler. But if I had to prefer one over the other, uh, I'd probably still rather play Butler. Um, you know, with Bam being on on a guy like Giannis, uh, you know, the, the fear of, you know, foul trouble and all these other things come into my mind, um, you know, exhausting a lot of energy on defense. Uh, he played great in that last one, though, and he's really been packing on the rebounds the past two games. So I'm I'm not going to flaunt anybody. Uh, he even showed it when he shot five of twelve, only scored twelve actual points, still was able to put up almost fifty DK points because of seventeen rebounds and six assists. He's still one of the best passing big men in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really, I don't have the concern on the defensive end as you. Uh, Bam is one of the premier defenders in the league. He probably should have won Defensive Player of the Year or. Uh, I mean, I liked him a little bit better uh, defensively than than Giannis, so we'll just stay that stay with there. So I don't think he's going to. I mean, he's going to exert en- energy, but he does that in every game, so I don't see a huge difference there. Uh, and, and rebounding, I mentioned it with Brook Lopez. A guy, if your op- opposing center is only getting one rebound, uh, you're in a great matchup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's a good call too. Um, we've seen that kind of be one of the weak points. Um, Brook Lopez just plays so far away from the basket, so. <laughs> Goran Dragic, though, he's been actually like turning back the clock during this entire entire bubble, um, you know, even even prior to the playoffs. But, you know, being inserted back in the starting lineup ever since that happened, it kind of rejuvenated them, playing 30 plus minutes every single game. Uh, and, and I don't know. I, we're, we'll pass it to you in a second. But for me, at 6,900, I still play that. <laughs> you know, if you if you want to get some heat exposure. Uh, and you can't get the Butler. I, I don't mind paying the sixty nine hundred if he's going to keep playing thirty plus minutes and taking at least sixteen, fifteen shot attempts. It it's funny because when we started this, um, I know I forget who I was on in the first episode, but he was only forty four hundred. It might have been I think it was actually me and you uh, mm-hmm. that we did that first first playoff episode where he was playing uh, against the Heat, and he was only forty four hundred, and that was a steal, especially since Kendrick Nunn was getting benched. Um, and now he's all the way up at 6,900, and rightfully so. This guy has been fantastic this entire playoffs, mostly the entire bubble. The lowest game he had in the entire bubble was that first game where he scored only 29 DK points. He's never been under 30 since. He's never been under 31.75 since. So looking at this uh, 6,900 price tag, it's it's pretty high comparatively, um, but he's bringing back value every single time. So if you, like you said, if you can't get any exposure up there and you're spending up elsewhere and you still have 7k to play with there's if you look at this slate uh, there's not many like people i want in that price range or if i have 7k i know i'm going to hit a safe safe floor with him the ceiling might not be 50 points but the floor is value 
Absolutely. And that floor is super important when you just talk about like the raw points factor of a two game slate is very important. Um, and especially if you're a GPP player, you know, there's still maybe not that 50, but at 6,900, you know, he's been smacking 40 out of the park left and right. And we'll take 40 at 6,900. Yeah. We'll, we'll take that to the bank any day of the week. Uh, and I, I guess the, you know, the other guys that we have to look at are going to be these, you know, these wing players, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, you know, Jay Crowder, those types of guys. Uh, you know, all fairly priced. Similarly, Hero leading the pack at 53, down to Crowder at 46. Duncan smacked right in there at 47. Uh, do you have any interest in any of these wing defenders? Yeah, I mean, I, I all three of those guys, I don't mind playing if I if I'm around that price tag. Uh, this team is super deep. It's this is why they are here right right now and have a 1-0 lead on the Bucks. They are very deep. Uh, not just Butler and Adebayo, but Hero can shoot. Duncan Robinson maybe. In, in a year or two might be the best three-point shooter in the league uh, if he's not one of the top seven right now. Uh, and Jay Crowder is a very underrated glue guy. So, I mean, I, I don't mind looking at all three of these guys. I think Jay Crowder, uh, he, he also got nine and nine last game because just Brooke Lopez doesn't want to crash the boards at all. Um, Hero and Robinson, the the thing that I've been saying about the Bucks is one thing that, that what they their biggest weakness on the defensive end is they give up a lot of three point shots. So Hero and Duncan are both in decent spots here, um, and Jay Crowder could just crash the boards with um, Adebayo's uh, uh, defensively attentive to uh, Giannis and and. Brooke Lopez just standing still there. So I don't mind looking at all three of them. <laughs> he loves standing still. <laughs> it's like his favorite thing. He trots up the court so slow like a newborn deer and then it just stands like, you know, three feet behind it, does that Brooke Lopez type shot, and it goes in. For a guy um, that was a perennial 20 and 10 guy for his whenever when he was in Brooklyn with blocks, I just don't know how you change your game so much to where you barely get four rebounds. Well, they told him he needed to shoot threes more, uh, and he did. He took that challenge on and literally smashed that challenge out of the park. But uh, he can only hold so much so much room uh, for basketball skills. So he got so good at shooting threes <laughs> that he had to push out some rebounding skills. It's kind of like a 2K rating where you get a certain <laughs> amount of points. You could, you, know, you could raise his threes all the way up, but it, it's got to come from somewhere. So uh, we brought his rebounding down to like 17 and put him at like a nice 80, 86 right. uh, three-point shot. A 7-3 guy who gets less than five <laughs> boards a game as a starting center. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and I think it works for them because it, just it cool. does. It, it's cool that it's like kind of the, we talked about it. I think in the uh, preseason or not the preseason, yeah, maybe it was the preseason or right before the bubble started. Uh, but we were talking about the Bucks, and it, it's like that Russell Westbrook's thing when he was playing with the Thunder. Just let them grab the board, clear it out, jump start the offense, push the pace, uh, and and it works great for him. But yeah. uh, I'm with you, Crowder. I think would probably be my top option out of these three. I, I prefer Tyler Hero over Duncan Robinson. Uh, just because I know that, you know, Hero gets a lot of that second unit usage as well. So um, having that bench guy and, you know, they're both great three-point shooters. And that's kind of what the Bucks' weakness has been is, you know, people behind the three-point line. So um, while Duncan Robinson hasn't been putting up great, you know, great lines and doesn't look all flashy, he's still in play, but probably just for tournaments. Same thing with Hero. Crowder, I think, could be used in uh, either tournaments or cash games. And then uh, a lot of people seem to go to Andre Iguodala in that last one for some value. He only played 19 minutes. He's only 3,700. Uh, do you prefer him or a guy like Pat Connaughton? Same price. Um, yeah, I guess that's that's an interesting one. I get. I would go uh, Connington for the same price, uh, just because there's so much there's so much depth on this Heat team. 
Uh, if somebody gets into foul trouble on on the Bucks, you know that this, he's going to be the first guy off the bench has has he as he has been in the in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. I think I'd prefer Connaughton. You almost sounded like when you said Connaughton, you were going to have like a British accent on that. And I, was, <laughs> I was looking forward to it, and then you. Stopped I almost butchered it like three times. So I, I <laughs> caught Connaughton. <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll go. I probably, uh, did, I probably did butcher it anyway. Yeah, you know that's your notorious man. You're the one and only butcher. So we'll keep we'll keep it moving. Uh, the next game, but before we get into that, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors over at Manscaped. If you haven't checked them out already, head over there use that promo code hoopball20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 get 20 percent off plus free shipping on your entire order uh and then i you know i love to say that we're how, how close a relationship and being partnered with my bookie is so uh you know go over to my bookie i know santino's been checking them out and playing a little bit more lately uh and if you're not already make sure you're following hoopball gaming and it's like a match made in heaven you get the great lines you get the great picks you go over there to my bookie, use that promo code hoopball, get a nice little deposit bonus match, get some goodies, uh, and then start counting your cash and then repeat the process the very next day. So, uh, <laughs> get some goodies. <laughs> get some goodies. Are you uh, at a candy store or something? Listen, I was that was like my favorite thing is you know that. Tell me when you were younger, you didn't judge, and I'm talking maybe like you know anywhere between like six and eight, maybe nine years old. You go to a birthday party. You judge it off like goodie bags, you know, like who had the best <laughs> goodie bags at the birthday party. And it's almost like Halloween where you kind of have the best houses mapped out that give out like the king size candy bars. So uh, I am a big goodie bag fan. But <laughs> yeah, I like it. I'll respect it. I won't say anything about it. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> we'll keep it moving. Next game. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder against the Houston Rockets. This is a game seven two nineteen over under. Uh, Houston being favored by five and a half. Uh, no injury report has been released by either team right now, but it seems like both these teams are fairly healthy outside of Westbrook. Uh, it looks like he's still going to be on some sort of minutes. Um, you know, I, I guess we could say monitored or restriction. It is a game seven, so uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, you know, sometimes that gets thrown out the window if it's like a three, four point game in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, the, you, you best believe that if, if Westbrook can handle it, they're going to try to play him. But, um, Struggled in that last one. Didn't look like his best self. I guess we'll start with this Houston team. Uh, you know, 8900 for Westbrook. Does that price tag kind of creep him into your player pool at all? Or are you kind of, you know, avoiding after that? Um, so it, it's a tale of two takes, I guess. Because 8900 anytime he's under 9 k you're like, oh, Russell Westbrook. Okay, I mean, that's you got a lock and load right there. Uh, but if he's still going to be on a minutes limit, he's not going to hit 30 minutes. And I know he missed, what was it, 18, before game five, he missed 18 days. 18 days of basketball that he was hurt and not playing. Um, he's one of the few people that just gets a surgery and comes back three days later and a- acting like nothing happened. But he just, he didn't look great last game. And the turnovers and the end of the game, how it ended, he was just playing way too fast. And he does that a lot. He plays Fast, he's so fast, but he plays faster than he needs to play. Sometimes a whole drive and just do uh, throw a pass out of bounds. Um, I mean, I guess if I'm doing multiple lineups, I'll look at his way because that is cheap. But if he's limited, it's going to be very hard for him to get the 50 points that I want from him at, at 9K, pretty much. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of uh, in the same thing. If I'm building multiple lineups, I'll definitely take some look. I think he makes a ton of sense for tournaments and GPPs. I said the same thing in that last one. 
Uh, and it's just on the off chance if that he does play more than his expected allotment. It makes sense for him to be limited. Um, but if this game's close in the fourth quarter, let me know what you think. Because, I, like I said off the rip, I, you know, three, four point, maybe even a five point game. Uh, you know, I don't see him coming out if, you know, if there's six minutes left and he played, he already played 27 minutes. So you're telling me, you know, possibility game stays close. He could play 33 in, in the brink of an elimination game. Can you see that happening? Or do you think they're going to be, you know, hold firm on this uh, restriction that they have? I think last time it was, they said 25 to 30 is what he was expected to play. Uh, yeah, I could see him playing 33 if if it's really close, and it should be really close. I mean, it, this is a winner-go-home game. You're not going to get another chance at this. Uh, and they made this trade not to get beat in the first round by the team that they traded with. So yeah. uh, if they don't if they don't want to be a laughing stock, I'm pretty sure he's going to play as, as much as he can possibly handle. And he's a guy that will, if this game is close, he's going to bark and bite and plead to say, I'm, I'm playing. I'm not getting out of this game. Yeah, and I think uh, you know he probably deserves that. <laughs> this this would be a, like a little stain on both Harden and Westbrook if they get bounced by Chris Paul in the first round. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not a good mark. But we'll slide over to James Harden, eleven two. You know, when when we talk about him, we, we generally talk about Giannis in the same sentence because you you can't get both those guys, and most people want to start their lineups with at least one of them. So, uh, any interest in Harden at eleven two? Yep. Um, I said it every time we've been on this podcast and I was talking about this series. Uh, this team has held James Harden to lower than James Harden standards. In, in all nine games, he scored an average of 53.1 fantasy points. He averages uh, a lot more than that. He averages 59.6. So that's a big eight point, eight or six and a half point swing there. Uh, but this is a game seven. And after watching the fourth quarter of last game, I have no words on how this team even kept it that close. Uh, Watching every possession that the Rockets went down and seeing James Harden not touch the damn basketball made absolutely no sense to me. I know that they were trying to uh, prevent him from getting the ball, and I saw Shy and and Schroeder and everybody face guarding him to try and not get hard in the basketball so he could set up the offense. But that's not an excuse to not give your best player and the best offensive basketball player in this game, the ball, get the ball, make any type of screens, do what you have to do, uh, get him the ball and initiate the offense. It was, it was baffling. It it was about seven of the last seven minutes. I I barely saw him touch the basketball and I just did not understand that. I can't, possibly fathom that happening again and i just see james harden um taking as many shots as needed Uh, everything that they just gave to russell westbrook and funneled to him in the last seven minutes of that game i think funnels to uh, james harden and he has himself a day yeah and um you know when i you look at somebody like you know jamal murray as good as he's been playing as lights out as as he's been and you know the type of caliber player is that's there's no way he should be taking eight or nine more shots than you know a guy like James Harden. Um, just thinking about like the skill and talent wise, you know Murray has still capable of guys he could share the offense with, being Jokic and a few other guys. It's basically Harden here. Uh, when you're talking about a non-healthy Westbrook, this guy should have 30 shot attempts um, every single game yeah. right now. So uh, I've been shocked by just the, the amount of shot attempts he's been taking. Um, you know, over the last two games, 22 and then 15 early on in the series, he was taking those, he was taking 25, he was taking 27 and, uh, you know, it wasn't surprising with some of the results that we were getting, we were getting good games from him. So 
I'm with you. I'm expecting a bounce back game where we do see closer to 30 shot attempts from him. Um, I'm still not, you know, mind made up on Harden or Giannis. Do I prefer one over the other? Uh, it's really close for me. I just love Giannis in any type of bounce back situation. Uh, almost dropped a triple double, you know, barely scored. So I do like him in that spot. But this is a game seven with James Harden. And I, like I just said, he's got to take 30 shot attempts. So yeah. I'll be mixing and matching them. Um, okay. What about some of the. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I know people love to talk about legacies and, and the players might have it on the back of their minds. If James Harden gets beat in the first round after asking to get rid of Chris Paul and, and this Rockets team especially, if he gets bounced again and he plays like he did, I mean, he I know he scored, he's scoring over 30 points. So saying James Harden is not really uh, playing up to James Harden standards is kind of crazy. But when you're in the playoffs and, and you're just – taking a back seat when the game's on the line. I, I expect him to just, he he has to come out and, and show why he's the talent that he is on the offensive side. Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess the, the other ancillary, I mean, there's plenty of ancillary pieces when we talk about this, but um, anybody like in the front court stand out to you? Uh, PJ Tucker, Jeff Green? Um, I don't mind some Jeff Green, but I'd rather try and get Bam in my lineup if I can. Uh, but for 4,900, Jeff Green is not. Uh, I know at the last game he didn't really play. I think he changes again. He was playing over 30 minutes before that. I'm not. Uh, <clears throat> the last game it just kind of dwindled there. But I, I think he gets the minutes back here. Um, but Robert Covington is the guy that I'm looking at in this as the ancillary piece. If I don't get a, a Harden especially, uh, he's finally getting back. He's getting playing. He's playing great. His, his stocks are coming back in full force, which we've been waiting for, uh, especially in FanDuel where it's three points for each of those. He's he's always in play, um, but he's taking more shots. He's being more assertive. His three-point shot is falling. He's taken 17 threes the last two games. Uh, this guy looks like he's he's ready to play. And, and after that, uh, the, the little Chris Paul gamesmanship where he slapped him after he made that three. I don't think uh, Covington took that too lightly. I think he's going to be pissed off and, and this whole team's going to be bad, but he, for the rest of the pieces, I think he's the best of the best bunch. You're, you're telling me Chris Paul got under someone's skin. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like him. Uh, no, but uh, I'm with you. I, I, you know, the guy got 24 FanDuel points and just blocks and steals in that in that last game. So when you talk about just upside, it's there for Covington and he doesn't need usage. But he's been shooting, you know, pretty well over the past few games. I think we talked about it on Sunday, me and Bratton. It's just you could see that, you know, he wasn't being as aggressive, but he was hitting his shots at a good clip, especially from deep. So uh, I do prefer him over Eric Gordon, uh, especially in tournaments. Gordon's had a pretty safe cash floor. Uh, but I, I just don't get the upside I'm looking for in Gordon, whereas in Covington, it's there. We've seen it the past two games, 40-plus, still at a very fair price tag. Uh, probably won't go to Daniel House or Jeff Green. Um, you know, House coming off the, you know, a uh, little bit of, of, of the bench now with Westbrook back in there. So still playing some decent minutes, but, you know, not a guy that I, I generally gravitate towards. And for Jeff Green, 4,900, yeah, you probably get the minutes, but I think I'd prefer – uh, the center on the other side, Adam spending up on Bam and probably even Brooke Lopez over him for only $400 more. Um, but Tucker, he's kind of been slowly playing a lot better than we're used to seeing, you know, especially compared to his regular season numbers. Uh, he came out and he has 11 rebounds in two out of the last three games. Is he a guy that, you know, you have to just need 4500 and land on him? Or can you actually see yourself? I wouldn't call himself a foundational play, but uh, getting a, getting some decent exposure to him. 
Um, I mean, not really. I guess if you're around that price tag, um, maybe. But I, I'd still rather stick with like a Jay Crowder or uh, someone else. Maybe if, if George Hill is going to get 30-something minutes, I, I feel safer with George Hill as well. Uh, I guess if you're really punting the center spot uh, and want to save some money and go real cheap, he's a guy. But if if I'm there at utility and I have about 4500 um there are a couple other people in that price range. I'm kind of not like interested. Like, so you said Jay Crowder, and I think that's a really good comp just because, you know, they're very similar price tags. Uh, George Hill, I think is another great example. Cause I think a lot of people are just, would just play George Hill over him. Um, but you know, I, like I said, he had 11 rebounds in two of the last three games and the, and the third game where he didn't, it was the one that he got ejected in and he had six rebounds in 21 minutes. Uh, the dude's been playing boatloads of minutes, like yeah, at least 38 outside of that one game over the past four games. So he's actually quietly been rebounding very, very well against OKC. Um, and, you know, 32 points in that last one, 19 in the one he was ejected. We could fairly say, I think it's fair to say, if he played an extra 15 minutes, probably would have got to like 25 or so. And then we're looking at, you know, 27.75 in the game before that. So, you know, I think we're getting a pretty safe floor from him. Ceiling's not all that high, but, uh, you know, he showed that he can get you, you know, close to 30 and 30. So I'll keep him in play, and I might end up on a little bit of him. I mean, that the game that he got ejected, it was later, and they were they lost by 34. So I don't think he was playing many more minutes anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, all yeah, right. no, I mean, he's not bad. And uh, any, any like, bench guards you have any interest in? Like, uh, Rivers, are you ready to just move over to the OKC side? Yeah, no, I'm good with the rest yeah. of these guys. Yep, I'm with you. So Chris Paul, 8,200. Uh, you know, anytime it's a close game or, you know, important game, the minutes go up for Chris Paul. So he played 39 and a half minutes in that last game. Could you see yourself getting some shares? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is game seven. So this is this is the more exciting matchup anyway. Uh, obviously, well, obviously, Miami-Milwaukee is a fun matchup. But this is a game seven between two teams that can – run the floor and they're playing they're both trying to go somewhat small ball at, at a lot of points in this so chris paul is definitely a guy that i'm looking at he's on a guy on a mission for the same price though jimmy butler is only a hundred more so and and middleton's a hundred less so they're all pretty similar similarly comparative um i'd probably lean <clears throat> towards the other guys on the okc bench but if I'm making multiple lineups, I definitely have to have some Chris Paul exposure. Yeah, and you talk about all three of those guys. They're all three in great spots. I mean, do you think that warrants that, you know, just maybe a, a lineup where you fade Harden or you fade Giannis and you just stack up with some of these AK guys uh, and get a lot of yeah. shares of 50-plus point ceilings? That's a, that's a definite possibility, uh, especially because most people want to get at least one of the two big guys. But everybody else, if, if you're looking at the slate, it's 11, 11, and then Westbrook's the third highest at 8, 9. Um, and if you're not comfortable playing Westbrook after what he just did, then it's you can you can easily get Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, Middleton, Adebayo, and then see what you have left after that. But you can definitely load up on a ton of these guys. Uh, and definite possibility if you're doing multiple lineups and i have to say so you know the importance of how bad westbrook played is it means a lot when it comes from santino because santino is a diehard russell westbrook fan it's it's it's, if i'm not i don't want to misspeak here you're pretty sure he's your favorite player in the nba uh at the current time right now so he's one uh, of them 
right. All right. Yeah. Well, you you love the guy, and you've you've always yep. gone to bat for him. So when you're willing to say this dude looked terrible, <laughs> he he looked pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, all right, we got we got Shea, we got Schroeder, both these guys uh, just playing boatloads of minutes. Shea's shot attempts, you know, cooled off the last two games outside. Uh, you know, he had a couple of the, the first, I think it was, uh, you know, three out of the first four games in the series. He had 17 or more shot attempts. So uh, you expect the news to still kind of be, you know, a little bit a little bit down or you expect to bounce back. Um, what do you expect from Shea? I'm expecting, uh, I don't think he's going to play that. I don't think his... DK points are going to be as poorly as they were the last two games. Uh, so game five was just a massive blowout. So it, I'm putting that chalking that one up. Last game, uh, Chris Paul came alive in that fourth quarter, <clears throat> so he didn't. They didn't really need him. Um, but I, I can't see a scenario again where he doesn't eclipse 15 plus shot attempts. Uh, and, and with that, I can see him easily bringing back 30, 35 DK points. Um, so I, he's definitely on my radar. I do like a a 700 discount for Dennis Schroeder, though, as well. Uh, probably a, a little bit more. Yeah, I love Schroeder. I always love playing Schroeder, especially in this Houston matchup where, you know, they go small. So uh, I generally don't play Shea and Paul in the same lineup. I think it's a, a you know, solid tournament idea. But for cash, I you know, I don't want to have both the starting guards. I, I'd rather have, you know, one of the starting guards. Hopefully he's getting more more usage, more shot attempts. And then, you know, Schroeder's going to get his off the bench anyway, no matter what the case is. So. Uh, but I think all three of these guys are in play. I've been saying that I think every time the Thunder play, and, and nothing's changing for me. It's still the same matchup, and still, and now it's just you know more important. These guys are just should just play uh, 38 to 44 minutes, and that would not shock me. Um, we'll slide over to the front court then. Uh, I've been talking about Steven Adams, I think left and right, and he's definitely a guy I've interest in on this slate. Uh, you know, 14 rebounds in that last game, but more importantly, you know, he played more than 30 minutes. And if you're telling me, you know, elimination game, Steven Adams is a, is a solid point per minute guy. It's not like we're talking about a guy like Christian Wood who just racks up points when he's on the court. But, uh, you know, I you're talking about a guy that's going to be going against P.J. Tucker when it comes to rebounding. So, uh, you know, 14 rebounds the last two games. You know, looking like he'll probably play 30 plus minutes again in this elimination game. And that, that's for those reasons why I like Steven Adams at 5,700. He's probably my favorite center play on the board. Yeah, for another guy who can hit value, I like that. Um, dollar or point for point production, I, I don't think he's going to touch Bam Adebayo, but uh, I do like him at 5,700. That's not a bad price. I think he's going to hit value. And he missed a few easy bunnies that he should have made last game. And if you if you say he made two extra shots, then he he's near thirty points right there, uh, and that that hits his five x value if that's what you're looking for. So I don't, I mean, with only four games, the center again, you only have four options for a, a decent center. Uh, so him and Brook Lopez are both solid. I give him the the edge because it is the game seven. Yeah, and and uh, you know. The one thing that's been shocking me about him, too, is he, he's only blocked one shot in this series so far. Uh, you know, not necessarily known for his shot block and proudness, but to, for a guy to only have one block and two steals in the entire series, something's got to give. <laughs> we need we need we need a couple more Adams, but I do I do like his floor. I think he does have that 40 point ceiling if he puts it together. Like you said, hits a few more bunnies. Uh, don't forget, if, you know, if he scores four more points, we also get a nice double double bonus as well. So there's a lot of things that kind of factor into Steven Adams. Um, all right, we'll go to the, I guess the small forward slash power forward positions. Gallinari and Lou Dort. Um, one's you know 4K, the other one's 61. Gallinari, uh, you know, 
I think that's kind of why Shea was limited in that last one. Gallo came out and had his shot, shot 9-17 from the floor. Uh, the most shot attempts that we've seen from Gallo uh, pretty much this entire series outside of the first game where he did shoot 9-17. of 17. Uh, So what are you expecting from these two guys? Uh, well, Dort, outside of that blowout game and the first game where he just came back from injury, he's pretty much hit his 20-point, 20 25-point value uh, that you're asking for if you're playing a guy at 4K. So the the ceiling is pretty solid there, around 20 points. I mean, the the floor around 20, 25 is ceiling floor. He doesn't really have either. But um, if I'm playing around 4K, I don't mind him. We talked about a couple other people around that same price range. Uh, <clears throat> so he he's a little bit safer in that regard. Um, but he's still he's getting the minutes like we talked about Connington there's not many people that are getting that minutes uh he, this guy is so he's certainly in play if I have a couple extra hundred I want to go George Hill assuming Eric Bledsoe doesn't play because the upside and the the ceiling is a lot better um and, but that's where I would stand with him as far as Gallinari this matchup was coming into here this this matchup was really good for him and he was playing a lot better uh against OKC comparatively. Uh, he still has if you look at his season stats he's still scoring more points including this this rough playoff series uh, against Houston than he is um averaging per like regularly against everybody else. So he, this matchup is still pretty good for him. Uh he finally got a shot back. I think it's going to continue where he, he keeps that shot going um but at 6100 i'm gonna have a tough time playing him a lot yeah and for me it's it's again it's correlating these lineups so um i just talked about it i don't think i'd play him in shea just because you know chris paul is going to be the guy that eats first schroeder's going to eat off the bench uh there's not enough mouths to feed we are too many mouths to feed when it comes to you know having two more guys get 15 plus shot attempts it's just not there for them so uh, i wouldn't play gallinari and shea together but i could see you know playing Gallo just because of the eligibility, whether it's at, you know, small forward, power forward, especially on a site like FanDuel where we have to play, uh, you know, two small forwards. So uh, kind of where I'm at with him. And as far as Dort, I, you know, you said it, I think it's safe. I, I, I think he's safer for cash games for than over guys like Connaughton or Andre Guadala, um, but doesn't have tremendous upside. You know, we know what his yeah. upside looks like pretty much. So, and I'm with you, I, I think for a couple hundred dollars more, if Bledsoe's out, uh, give me some George Hill. And I guess we can throw in the last guy. Uh, how do you feel about Darius Baisley? That was a quite like a quietly good game he had in that last one, and he's been rebounding well. Um, Two in a row. Yeah, and it makes sense when you think about it. I mean, this he he fits in this small lineup that the Rockets like to run, and and he could probably play. You know, whether it's a three or the four, he even has some center eligibility at this point. I don't think we would have thought Darius Baisley at the beginning of the season yeah. uh, would have center eligibility, but I don't think. Uh, at P.J. Tucker's uh, beginning of his career, we would have thought he had center eligibility. So, you know, game's changing. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't mind taking some look. And I think maybe, you know, I guess we'll ask. Or do you prefer him over Dort? Like, you know, push come to shove, same price, both forwards. Yeah, so that's where the hard thing is. Uh, it depends. If you're feeling safe, Dort's that guy that's going to get you to 20, nothing more. Uh, that, that he's not going to top out around 20, 25 is this going to be his max. Uh, but Baisley is a better offensive repertoire than this guy. He doesn't have the consistent minutes and he's not going to be in there to guard James Harden and unlock in his, his rotation role. Uh, but he's, he's a better rebounder. He's a better scorer. Uh, push comes to shove. I'll go Baisley. Cause I know people aren't going to look at him as much anyway. So you have that 
less uh, ownership, whatnot, and he has a higher ceiling. So that that's what I'm going to try and go for. Yep, um, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, you know, safer Dort, safer for cash. Baisley upside GPPs. I'm with you. All right, buddy. I think that's right. I think that's all we got right here. So we stretched a two game or a two game uh, slate into a 43 minute show. I mean, you can we tend to do that. We tend to talk mostly me. Um, <laughs> you just sit there and butcher people's names. I just don't shut up. It's a good combination. I like it. I, I got a question before we go though. Uh, who do you got? Game seven. Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give the edge to Houston. I'm gonna give it to Houston. Uh, I think what I want to see isn't always what I'm. What I think is going to happen, though. I would love to see James Harden get knocked off in the first round by Chris Paul. I think, but uh, but also for the sake of the rest of the series, I think you know Houston um, just makes a little bit more sense. You know, if we want some more competitive basketball games, I think down the road in, in playoffs. Yeah, uh, I'd rather if as a Laker fan. This weird small ball thing kind of, I don't know. Uh, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies thinking <laughs> okay, they should, the Lakers should dominate them, but I, I don't know. So I'd rather see OKC in the next round, but I think uh, Harden's going to come out just and have him one of those games. The sheriff, the, the <laughs> sheriff on the basketball court, so uh all right man well uh that's that's all we have for you guys so if you guys have a quick moment uh we'd really appreciate it if you go give us a rate review on itunes uh you know stitcher spotify podbean iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to this uh thumbs up positive comment uh if you like something let us know if there's anything that you think we can do a little bit better or focus on let us know we're, we're happy to oblige but uh and then give us a nice little follow on twitter you can find me at mike apatria that's m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a you can find santino at santino cocone S-A-N-T-I-N-O-C-A-C-C-O-N-E. Uh, you can hit us up there. Any questions you guys might have, whether it's early in the morning, as lineups are getting ready to lock, uh, we'll be happy to answer them if we could. So uh, anything else you'd like to leave us on before we take off, buddy? No, I think we got it. We got it. But uh, enjoy the last game seven of the first round. Hopefully we see a couple more. Uh, I just love watching game sevens. Uh, speaking of that, we're at halftime in the – First game seven, gotta go get catch that second half. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, I know I got some some decent Nikola Jokic shares. So, what? Uh, what? I got. I thought it's Jokic. Like oh, man. now like you're Jok- gonna come at me. All right, let's get out of here before the butcher butchers. Uh, that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening from everybody over here at Hoopball, including Santino and myself. Let's go out there and take down some GPPs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.